안녕하세요. Hello, my name is Jun Young. Welcome to my personal think lab for philosophy of education in Paju, Korea. Annyeonghaseyo. Welcome to another two days in God's story. It's morning for Jun Young and evening for us here in Canada. It's our second international episode of the Every Square Centimeter podcast, a project of Christian Schools Canada. Once again, Every Square Centimeter is going global today, and we're so excited as we travel to Korea, celebrating and finding international inspiration in the people, places, and practices in Christian education. In our last stop on our virtual tour of Canada, we spent time at Abbotsford Christian School in Abbotsford, B.C., with John Vanderleek and Summer, as we learned that when it comes to anniversary arguments, Darren says Jeremy's wife is always right, that the place you'd park your car at a dog school is the barking lot. According to StatsCan, Abbotsford is the most generous city in terms of donations for nine straight years that a dog's unconditional love and obedience can make it an incredible servant worker in a school, and more practically, having a PADS dog in a school can be an amazing mental health resource for students and adults alike. We love visiting John and Summer, so go listen and tell other educators and their dogs about it. But today, we are in Paju, Korea. And today being in Korea means we can call ourselves a clutter. Jun Young, if you're from Paju, are you a Pajuan in English? Ah, uh, <laughs> I never thought of that. <laughs> it's it's very hard to answer because you know, other than Seoul, Seoul people call themselves Seoulites, but other than that, I've I've never learned how to. I don't know. Maybe we can make one. Yeah, I need to ask yeah. the new mayor, but maybe. <laughs> okay, no, you're the mayor today. You get to decide. Uh, I like soul lights. That's pretty sweet. Hmm. Yeah, like Israelites. They, I, when I was in the, in the undergraduate, I was learning in English education, and the professor said that Israelites call themselves Israelites. So, the soul lights are the soul people are called need to call themselves. All lights and Korea, Korean, but Paju probably. I don't know Paju. Pajuan. Pajuan should work, and in in Korean actually, Pajuan means Paju people. Oh, oh, okay. So, let's do yeah. It. I think that fits. Okay, mm-hmm. so we're we're a Pajuan clutter today, guys. To get to know our Pajuan clutter, we're going to start our podcast with the name segment. My name is Justin Cook from Advance. Alongside me from the Society of Christian Schools in British Columbia, or SCSBC, is a guy who barely survived a canoe trip across the Skeena River, Darren Speaksma. Hey, Clutter. Hey, Darren. Darren, prompt for today. If you were an Air Force pilot, what would your handle be? 
Well, I, I thought of a few different things and went back to childhood nicknames, um, some which we learned later on were actually totally inappropriate, but we had no idea as naive eight, nine, and 10-year-olds. Um, so I went with, for some reason in high school, um, I, got, I got called Stu. So that's oh. what I would go with um, with my handle if I was an Air Force pilot. I would nice. be Stu. Is that like Beef Stu or like Stu, like the guy, S-T-U, Stu? I'm going Beef Stu. Yeah, okay. Beef Stu, totally. S-T-E-W. I like the sound of Stu Speaksma. <laughs> it's got some nice alliteration it to does. it. It does. Awesome. All right. And from the Prairie Center for Christian Education, or PCCE, is Mr. Snatching Sinatra, Jeremy Horlings. Getting better and better. Jeremy, I thought you might uh, surprise us with a Sinatra opening song there uh, with that prompt. Yeah, I've, I've been warned by my sister not to sing on this program, this this uh, podcast, and I continue to push my push my luck on it. Okay, I should have called you Mr. One-Hit Wonder, yeah. Jeremy Orleans, but that's for next time. All right, Jeremy, Top Gun time. If you were an Air Force pilot, what would your handle be? Yeah, so I recently watched the old Top Gun in preparation for watching the new Top Gun. And in the opening scene, there is a guy named Cougar. And I'm not sure that would be my handle, but I can relate with Cougar because Cougar basically has an emotional meltdown and, and needs to be asked off off of the, uh, the team. And I think that would be me flying those things. Like I, I think the idea, the simulator would be really cool. The video game would be cool, but actually getting up in a airplane, a jet fighter pilot mode would be absolutely, I, I would be, I'd be get me out of here. I, like, not good with heights. Not good. Yeah, so it would be bad. Not good with spinning. I would be motion sickness. Like, there would be multiple things I would be uh, kicked off for. Nice, perfect. Well, uh, stay. Keep trying, buddy. Keep trying. Yeah. Well, no. video games. No. Nice video games. All right, and we're also joined by our first, our second international guest on the podcast, Junyoung Um from Paju, Korea. Anyang Heseo, Junyoung. Anyangseo. We are so glad you're joining us all the way from Paju, Korea. And Junyoung, as much as we're being playful here with the fact that we're uh, faking the fact that we're in the Air Force, you have been in the Air Force. Can you tell us a little bit about um, mandatory service in Korea? Mm-hmm. Uh, every Korean male need to serve at least two or three years in in Army, Navy, Marine, or Air Force. And because my father served in the Air Force, he kind of uh, uh, brainwashed me and my <laughs> uh, my little brother to be in the Air Force. <laughs> so it worked so well. So my little brother is still in the Air Force, <laughs> and uh, I was an uh, English instructor at a high school in the Air Force. About 20, 20 years ago. Tell us just a little bit more about Paju and its location to the DMZ or, or to the actual border between North and South Korea. Yeah, uh, Paju is right next to North Korea. And um, many people, when they hear about uh, North Korea, they are terrorized that we are living 
right in front of North Korea. If I drive about only 10 minutes, there is a lookout that we can peek at the, uh, some territory of North Korea. It sounds mm. scary to live close to a notorious country, but Paju is a nice city to live in. It has many beautiful mountains, parks, and rivers, and it's also an hour drive from Seoul, the capital of South Korea. It's not crowded compared to other cities in greater Seoul area. So I, I love to live mm. here. Awesome. Well, we'll hear more about it from Darren later. I'm excited about that too. All right, for the second half of our opening square, we have our host. Justin, you're going to tell us what your what, what what's what's yours going to be? Oh yeah, sorry guys, I almost forgot. Yeah, so if I was in the Air Force, I I probably go with one of two nicknames that my dad has given me in my childhood. I'm not sure which one's one is Lefty, and the other is Dusty. And I think it's just because as a kid I was playing in the dirt all the time. But I'm kind of going Dusty. I think that's got a, a, a nice kind of military. Are you left-handed? Range. Yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so that one makes I, sense. Yeah. Can you fly an airplane with being left-handed? I think you can. Okay. Nice. So either one would. would Jun Young says yes. So I'm going with him. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Fair enough. Me too. So that means I'm right. So do I get a point for that? Just wondering. <laughs> You're already winning. <laughs> All right, today, guys, Jun Young as chosen. Can we get a, a, a drum roll, Jun Young? Oh. Bam! Game! Nice. That was a great drum roll. <laughs> nice work. Leaned in for it. That's right. <laughs> All right, for today's game segment, inspired by Fiona from Adelaide, Australia, Jun Young has chosen a game that we're going to call Mukbang which is an eating game in Korean. And Jun Young has chosen a number of eating idioms that we are going to try and translate or contextualize within our Canadian context. Jun Young, how, how did I do on saying mukbang? Can you say it for us? It sounded great. Oh, Almost oh. like a Korean. <laughs> <laughs> Almost is the key there. All right. So we will... Take turns trying to guess what the actual uh, the context is. Jun Young, which which is our first mukbang saying? Okay, let's go with when will I have a chance to eat your noodles, Jerry? Yeah, yeah I'll jump. I'll jump in on this one. I, I think I I think I got this one. When will I have a chance to eat your noodles? I'm I'm guessing. Um, when can I come over? Like wh- when can I visit? Would be my my wonder, like when 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 am I going to get a chance to come and visit you, Darren? You want to jump in with when? Can I'll I- take a little bit of a different um, a different take on that. I come from a long tradition of potlucks and people bringing food to share, so I was that's where I was going. So a little different take on when are we getting together for a communal meal where we're all bringing stuff. Hmm. Justin, okay, I'm going to say this is like. Uh, a subtle thing a guy says to a potential father-in-law when he wants to talk like uh, marriage. So okay. it's like a dowry or wow. like, yeah. Like, when can I join your household? When can I be a part of the family? I want to marry your daughter. Wow. Junyoung? 
Who's the closest? Can you can can you can you say Justin, one of us is the Justin? You are the closest. I <laughs> no think that way. your your experiences in Korea help you to get <laughs> closer. Wow. Doodle is a wedding dish, but it's wow. closer, but it's not so actually. So it's it. The question means when are you getting married? So wow. when is your wedding wedding ceremony? Because long noodles symbolize longevity. So it's a very popular dish at mm -hmm. um, wedding ceremonies. So it's asking, actually asking, when are you getting married? Wow. Mm -hmm. All right. One for me. Sweet. I think that's the first time I've ever well, won. And, and I would have... I would have ranked yours as third for sure, Justin. That's that came. That's wonder. I, I love it. Okay, I love it. <laughs> All right, Jun Young, our next mukbang. Okay, next one would be: Did you eat crow meat? Crow meat. Mm -hmm. Did you eat crow meat? Actually, Koreans don't eat crow meat, but uh, <laughs> we have okay. that expression. That's a hint. Okay. So I'm gonna go. Um, I know what eating crow means here, but I'm going to guess it might be a little bit different in Korea. So I'm going to go out and say, did you eat crow meat? Was like, was the food, like your experience, whether it was food or something else, really bad? So was your experience really bad? Mm. That's what okay. I'm going Okay, nice. Okay. I'm going to say uh, they're wondering if you're sick. Like, are you sick? Like, uh, did you eat crow meat? Like, did, are you... You know, that may be why you're, yeah, you're, you're not feeling well. All right. I'm going to go, I think this is kind of international. So I realize this is similar, but I'm going to like, did you make a fool of yourself? So do you got them all, Jun Young? Do you, can you pick, do we need a refresher? So I, you're I can't good, decide or? just whether Justin is closer or Jeremy is closer, but oh, Jeremy. Oh, we know Darren's yeah. not closer. <laughs> I think Jeremy, it probably sounds like Jeremy. <laughs> Because uh, it's, this is kind of a trap question, and uh, mm. it's the the crow in Korean word is uh, very similar to the word forgetting. So it's a kind of wordplay. So did you eat uh. crow meat? Means that uh, have you? Can't you remember anything? So are you totally full? Are uh, you? Like I use the word so fool. I'm saying no yeah. points. No, no points. I use the word fool. Jun Young just said fool. So I okay two nothing Justin awesome yeah. thank you Jun Young great I job can't, I can't <laughs> I can't even I can't even vouch for mine on that yeah no I think Justin got that yes all right last one Jun Young mukbang okay. last one have you eaten yet the first one have you eaten yet uh, yeah when Ju when do Justin, we you go first. when do you think Koreans use that expression have you eaten yet all right I am going to say. Well, this just seems kind of natural, I guess, but uh, it's like you show up at the door and it's just the first thing gets hospitable. So they're like, you're at the door, you knock and someone opens the door and says, have you eaten yet? And you're like, no, let's eat. That's just the way, the first thing we ask. Darren, I'm struggling with this one. You got one? Well, I think Justin stole mine. So I am going with our, like, it's a way of asking if you're hungry. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Logical. Uh, I, I think it's totally out there. It's something totally different. So like marriage might yeah, have something like, to do yeah, with marriage. I, I do think so. I like, I'm thinking like, have you gone on a holiday? You know, like, like, have you gone on your vacation? Junior? 
actually it's a casual greeting we use in any situation, especially <laughs> when I meet someone familiar, because uh, Korea is a uh, one of the safest country to travel these days. But in the past, we had a lot of problems like war, hunger. So mm. hunger was widespread until 1960s. So have eaten yet is a casual greeting because there were a lot of people who were suffering from hunger. And also the, the greeting that we used in the beginning, 안녕하세요, it also means that were you peaceful? Were you safe during overnight? Because there were a lot of problems overnight, like ban uh, raid or war, battle, guerrilla attack, and many other things. So these 안녕하세요 and have you eaten yet? 식사하셨어요? Those expressions are have a, a sad historical background, hmm. but it's it's not that serious these days. So we use it. We use them as casual greetings. Hmm. Not as well sad, obviously, in terms of the hardship, but beautiful in terms of addressing it uh, right at the at the start. So uh, I don't know, guys. I was a greeting at the door. Maybe. Yeah, I think I'm losing yeah. anyway. So I see <laughs> yeah, Justin exactly. takes it home. like this. I'm just defaulting. I, but before we move on, Jun Young, you have one of in here that I I just I just we won't guess. But I'm super curious. It says not all corpses look the same. <laughs> the person who died while eating looks healthier. I just can, can you give me just a little tell me what what we're talking about here yeah it means that I actually referring to a book that has a collection of uh, various Korean expressions uh, in English explanations and it says that whatever the situation you've got to eat so whatever the situation you need to eat because even the Courses look the same. That uh, you even the courses look better when <laughs> they eaten just before they die. So eating is very important in Korean life. Love it. <laughs> you need to eat. You got to eat. You need. You you don't have to. You, you should not skip a single meal. Jun you Young, look dead, basically. Jun Young, <laughs> Jun Young in a in a previous episode, Darren said he could do a uh, marathon of eating wings. So he would do well. He would look well, yeah, um, a lot, yeah. If he died during that marathon, he would look healthy. <laughs> yeah, healthiest. He'd be the healthiest corpse out there. Nice, Jun Young. Thanks for helping us to play mukbang, and I'm pretty pumped about the results. Chalk one up for me, the first I think ever. Yeah, ding, listeners, ding, ding. send us your favorite uh, international language experience. If you've traveled, we'd love to hear from you. We'll highlight it in a future episode. Connect with us on Twitter or Instagram at Every Square CM. We're going to transition from our opening square to the part of our podcast where we learn a little about places like Paju, Korea, and celebrate the people and practices in Christian education. But before we do, here's a word from our sponsor. Hi listeners, this is Lori from Edudeo Ministries. This year, we're excited to continue sponsoring our favorite podcast, Every Square Centimeter, but we're also proud to be a first-time sponsor of the upcoming Christian Deeper Learning Conference, being hosted in Vancouver on March 8th through 10th. Join me in a workshop exploring how a holistic view of poverty can impact many aspects of your teaching, including how you engage with your local and global community. I'll share ways in which your students can join Edudeo in our work to address the need for Christ-centered education for children worldwide. 
And if you can't be at the conference, but are interested in learning more about Edudeo and how you can get involved, you can email me at schools at edudeo.com. As we heard at the start, we're being hosted by Jun Young in Paju, Korea. Darren, where are we going today? Well, I'm excited to be in Korea because I'd never been to Korea before. So Paju is northwest of the capital city of Korea, Seoul. Uh, what I found interesting as I did some digging is it is a city, of growing city of more than 430,000 citizens, and it does not have its own airport. Um, the Seoul airport's only 90 minutes away, and I assume that's why. But just a fascinating thing to think if a city in Canada had close to half a million people, it would have an airport, I would assume. Yeah. So just yeah. a, an interesting little little tidbit. There's a lot of amazing things to do. It appears to me in my research that um, it's a popular place to go for tourists. I don't know if that's right, June Young, but that's uh, that's what the interweb tells me. And uh, one of the things that I thought just um, jumped out at me as I was looking at this is, of course, as Jun Young alluded to, there is the demilitarized zone that uh, the UN is managing. Uh, but there's also something called the Third Tunnel. And this is a tunnel path between North and South Korea that they found in 1978. It's 1,600 meters in length, two meters wide and two meters in height, and is located 52 kilometers from Seoul. But what's crazy about this tunnel is it can move 30,000 soldiers an hour through this tunnel um, from one area to the next. So just a small little piece of, if I ever get the, the treat of getting to Paju, uh, I am taken into the, in the third tunnel. There's a number of other really neat um, things, and I'm, you know, having not visited there, one thing that stood out for me and made me smile is there's actually an English village Paju camp for English learning students with the streets looking like those in England. So you can visit grocery stores, gift shops, restaurants, an English pub, theaters, even a mock-up of City Hall a clinic, travel agency, a bank, post office, and police station. So um, those are a few of the things. I know those might be small and insignificant, but as I looked at some of the things that Paju had to offer, those were some of the ones that jumped off the page for me. Jun Young, any, any fact-checking on that? Like any, any uh, additional info? <laughs> I, 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 you, were, you were quite uh, animated about the third tunnel. I'm curious about your thoughts on it. Yeah, third tunnel means that... There should be first and second. All those tunnels were dug by North Korean army because they they want they intended to send their forces secretly underground to invade Korea and South Korea anytime. But it was detected by South Korean army, and now it's used as Darren said uh, sightseeing places. So if you come to Paju, you can ride a, a train to the tunnel. You can't take photos because it's still uh, banned. It's kind of a military secret. So you can just ride a, a train to the tunnel to speak how big the tunnel is. It can, as Darren said, move a lot of horses in an hour. And another fact check, English Town is no more because, oh. <laughs> because mm. they found that that 
not many people are coming, so they change it to other education facility. But all those things are in Paju. It's to all those Sarpano and English Town are only about 15 to 20 minutes drive from where I live. Mm. Nice homework, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Nice. Junyang, what do you love about Paju? Uh, Paju is well known with three things. The first one is, uh, as Darren said, it's, it's, I would say some people would say it's war, symbols of war, but I would say it's peace. But the second thing would be book. The third thing would be bird. So uh, historically, Paju has been a gatekeeping town for Seoul as it faces mm. two rivers, and one of them flows through Seoul. The other one is kind of throwing, uh, flowing from North Korea, and it, those rivers meet in front of where the, the town I live, and it flows through to Yellow Sea, the West Sea. In modern Korea, Paju is well known with three important things, peace, book, and birds. It's closest city to North Korea, so it's a symbol of partition of the Korean Peninsula. Mm. And it's the first city to be destroyed if a new war breaks out. But I'm mm. not that much worried because we all have a hope of peace and reunification. But uh, because of that reason, uh, it, it, those symbols of war make us, makes us think and strive for peace. And Paju also mm. has Paju Book City, a publishing complex hosting most of the major Korean publishers. Mm. And also, uh, because I said that there are two big rivers flowing, so it, it meet, those rivers meet sea, and that makes abundant habitat for birds. So Paju is a well-known uh, place for a favorite place for bird watchers. Mm. So those things... Peas, book, bird are the things that I love about Paju. Mm. What about river fishing? Darren wants to know if he can fish the river there. Ah, uh, the river, uh, it's too big. And in uh. some, the Han River that flows through uh, Seoul, the width is almost one kilometer. It's really huge uh, river. And most part of the river in Paju are managed by the military because a lot of spies were attempting to sneak into South Korean territory in the past. Mm -hmm. So it is, the river is guarded by barbed wire and uh, still we have some pollution problems. So I, we, we had gone fishing in Ontario rivers, but we haven't here in Korea yet. Mm. So if I find a good place to fish, I will invite Darren. Mm. <laughs> so, sounds like with spies and and you know the 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 nation's defense, like that might be more extreme than just crossing the river for fish to the island, Darren. Uh, but it sounds like it might be quite an adventure. Uh, Junyoung, can you tell us maybe what it is that you want to talk to us about uh, today? What what's what's the the topic that you're kind of passionate about right now? Yeah, it's related to the one of the fact check that Darren helped at the English Town. It's you know Korea is also well known with the 
vigor or zeal for education, but it's too hot. So the competition is very intense in Korean education. Mm. So I, I'm a PhD student at the Institute for Christian Studies in Toronto, Canada, and I'm finishing my uh, thesis, and that's where I met Justin. And mm-hmm. I'm enthusiastic to explore whether there could be any alternative, Christian alternative to competition. So do we really need competition in education? Could there be another way to advance or to promote a better production or better performance in education? That's what I want to talk about. And what that, that, that's what I want to get some insight and wisdom from you guys. I'd like to follow up on that. Specifically, what do you hope to change from your own schooling experience? If you take your PhD and you think, okay, how might this play out in the classroom? What would you hope to change? Maybe I can connect with uh, my personal experience. Mm. Yes, when I was in grade 10, grade 10 is the first year in high school in Korea, and my big girl is in grade 10 now. And when I was in grade 10, I was sick and was absent for about two weeks from school. And when I came back to school, I asked to see the notes, the class notes, to some of my classmates had taken while I had been gone. Shockingly, they refused to share them with the reason that uh, we are competitors. So uh, they want to win. So they, if they give those notes and information, then it's possible that uh, you know I can catch up. So they wanted me not to catch up on them. So uh, if I go back to if I can contribute somehow to Korean education, I, I'd like to change that. So we are companions in in learning journey, not competitors like a like in a Hunger Game that killing each other to have the final winner. But we are all jolly companions in learning journey. That's what I want to change. Mm-hmm. Junyoung, can you keep, so you just talked a bit about your own experience. What, what does it look like in Korea specifically for the education system to be so driven by competition? Can you give a couple kind of illustrations of, of what competition looks like? And, and, you know, you're a bit familiar with Canadian education as well. How, how would you say they're similar or different? Could you, could you just give our listeners a bit of a comparison there? Uh, yes. My children, after they finished, the, the big girl who is in grade 10, she finished her grade 8 or 7 and then moved back to Korea. And we found that, that a lot of contents that government recommend or uh, regulate to teach, to be taught in school, like the, you know, the concept in math textbooks are very similar, almost the same, but Korea is more focused on the effectiveness of uh, transferring the information. So it's, it's so much focused and all the system is focused on getting better grades and better uh, scores in standardized tests. And it, it's called CSAT that is uh, mandatory to advance to promote to universities and colleges. So all the situa- all the education system teaching 
from elementary school to high school are focused on that, getting better performance. But mm. in Canada, and also it's very much prescribed. So all this, almost all the teachers are doing cover by cover. They are covering from cover to cover almost all the concepts of the textbook. And they have a little, they have little jurisdiction or a freedom to choose what to teach. But what I saw in Canada, uh, Canadian teachers have more freedom and their own way of designing their own curriculum. So I, I found out that uh, my own children and many children in Canadian schools have better experience uh, enjoying their learning at school. Mm. That could be the biggest difference between the Canadian schools and Korean schools. Mm. Young, you you're pushing back against this idea of the story of competition. What, what do you pose as a, an alternative to that? So if it's not competition, what, you know, what, what is the environment you are hoping to promote? Yeah, I, I took the one, one course at ICS and we had to read the book of Job, And it was interesting and unexpected that reading the book of Job helped me to think hmm. how we can reimagine, reframe that this problematic education. And in, in the book of Job, we, we all, you all know that Job is tormented in undeserved suffering. And his suffering and his argument throughout the uh, argument, he talk about the prosperity of the wicked as well as the suffering of the innocent. Those arguments show, I believe, that God doesn't run the universe based on the principle of retribution, mm. based on the law. So you need to do this so that you can be blessed, but more on the principle of grace, gratuitous love. That's what I found from uh, Gustavo Gutierrez's book on job. So I think it means this to Korean school education that student performance doesn't have to do with their endeavor these days. Mm -hmm. I don't know uh, what it is like to, in, in Canadian schools, but in Korea, they say that the students' performances and their scores have to do more with parents' information power and grandparents' financial power than students' own endeavor. Mm. So it's, it's cl more closely related to not what they do an effort in the classroom. Mm. So it, I, I think that it's, it's not what they do. So we should not judge the students with the scores and grades because some, most of the students do their best, but still they cannot achieve the top score because the system and the testing and the exams does not have to do with those students' own effort. Mm. Is, Junyang, so that there's a cultural piece and you're talking about also generational. I'm, I'm curious how you see your work um, playing out in, in, in schools is, 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 is there a way in? Are, are, are you, is this a, a battle that um, 
you think is there's movement or is are you up against just such a such a a, a challenging uh, front like are you starting to see change i guess is what i'm wondering is there room for this i you know the like many experiences one of them was that what, what i told of my uh, anecdote from grade 10 and made me wonder could there be any way to change but i i couldn't find any even when i was teaching at a high school but after i got out of the high school and I somehow ended up in a research institute for Christian school education in Korea. And I found out that a lot of Christian educators in Korea tried to change that situation with Christian alternative school movement in Korea. So they wanted to change the education totally by presenting a new model, an alternative model that students are respected by their own being existence their own being image bearers of god and they wanted to change it not by effectiveness but being a companion teaching them how to be genuinely and christianly human in korean society so uh, that's why i wanted to learn more about could there be any way to uh, how i could contribute that movement so that's why i moved to the States and to Canada to learn more about my own way of contribution. So, mm-hmm. uh, yes, I learned a lot from uh, learning from higher institutions in North America and also getting into the classrooms and in Canadian classrooms. Thanks to Justin, I could see how those alternatives we imagined in Korea actually working pretty well in Canadian uh, Christian classrooms. Mm-hmm. And then one of the things that I wanted to uh, frame those like PBL and many other things that are happening in Christian schools in Canada, I would like to say it as a uh, compassion oriented and companionship model so that it's more about getting uh, walking together in learning journey. So it's not about effectiveness of of information transfer, but more about walking together, teachers and students and classmates all together to get to know what it's like to live together, walk together and help together and care together. So though I'm still striving that what could be my unique contribution to that, but Mm. I, I think that the Biggest difference between effectiveness model and companionship model is the order of effort and result. And then in an effectiveness model, you need to do something to get the result, the score and other things. But, you know, in, in the Bible, we are given all the good things in grace. So I think that companionship model, it is not what I, we, we do to achieve something, but actually we are given all the good things. So as a Thanksgiving response, we need to make an effort. So I think the order is quite opposite in companionship model. And also the growth, you know, the, the, it's, 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 it's not about uh, comparing me with other students around, but it's more about comparing me with me yesterday. So it's mm. growing every day. Then, then it's not competing with one another to defeat others, but it's actually growing and helping others. So I don't need to defeat others, but actually 
I, I'm growing every day. And mm -hmm. I think it's more natural way of being human. Junyong, can you think about applying that to a specific educational aspect like assessment? Yes. Uh, I, when I was preparing my thesis, I found out a very nice piece from SCSBC, Assessment oh. as a Gift, written by Elaine Brower. And it says that assessment should be to support learning and growth of students rather than to filter and sift students from other agencies' needs. And it also need to honor the unique giftedness of each learner. Otherwise, it can rank and devalue. So assessment should be celebration of learning and also assessment for learning, assessment as learning is what we need in our Christian education. That's what uh, Brower was arguing in, in her articles. Mm. So I found that those things are very in interesting to me because I, I always thought that it's the assessment is just, uh, just checking up. But she was uh, suggesting, she was uh, telling us that assessment can be a gift and mm. a blessing, not just a burden. Mm. So it mm. can it can be a support, blessing, gift, and all the things that we can do with celebration in learning. So we need to change. We need to change our perspective on as assessment. Mm. Then we can reimagine and reorient our teaching and learning. Mm. Jun Young, you've been sharing with us this idea of compassion and companionship leading the way in Christian education in Korea. And I wonder, do you dream at all about how that vision for Christian education could have an impact on your country? Mm -hmm. There has been a movement called Christian Alternative School movement in Korea to uh, fight against and to present alternative, Christian alternative, to the competitive ethos in Korean education. And some of the schools are doing pretty good job, including those schools that Jer uh, Justin met, those, those teachers at a PBL conference several years ago. They were trying to, they were striving to uh, make it happen, realize the, the dream of presenting alternatives and teaching students with lives what it is like to live as Korean Christian in modern times. But some of the schools are still focused on that, uh, working on that effectiveness model. So they believe mm -hmm. that Christian schools are doing their job by sending more students to uh, called top universities and colleges. So I do believe that a Christian education, the task of Christian education is to present Christian alternatives, not running faster, but running a Christian way of life. So I saw some of the examples of this way uh, in, in foreign language pedagogies. For instance, uh, in, in Calvin College, David I. Smith, he wrote a lot of books and some examples of courses. He showed examples of German course for English students. They were enemies in, in World War II and they still have some kind of remaining uh, emotions. That's what he said. But he, he wanted to teach English students to love German by learning German. So in that example, there were some 
historical stories of White Rose, the, the resistance group in World War II who were killed, who were killed because they, they tried to uh, have an assassination attempt on, mm. and then they, they tried to rebel against the Nazi regime. And all those people were young undergraduate students. And also Dietrich Bonhoeffer's poems and all those things. So those German people's story gave hope to English students in their learning German so that they can love German. So I think that this is the way that Korean Christian education should go. So we we are not focused on loving ourselves, but loving our uh, learning to love our neighbors, even the enemies. So one possibility could be learning Japanese language to love Japanese people, not to defeat them in competition. And also because many Koreans still have some bad feelings against Japan as it occupied Korea forcefully for 36 years. And I also heard a lot of bad stories torturing from my grandfather during the regime robbing Korean names and language and Christian faith. But learning Japanese language to love Japanese could bring shalom between two countries. And this is also going back to where I live, Paju. Paju is kind of a symbol of partition between North and South Korea. And it's also have a lot of remaining sites of war. And that's why we can also think of peacemaking in this city I remember the conversation between me, Justin, and Kevin at a Karen Christian uh, school. Uh, Justin and Kevin enlightened me that the relationship between the United States and Canada was changed from one country then to enemies and to allies. So I think that North and South Koreas were once one country torn apart by the interests of the United States and USSR, but they can become like the United States and Canada or can be even reunited after the peaceful relationship. And that can be brought sooner by Christian education, by teaching our students to be companions in our lives rather than being competitors in, in our lives. So that's what I hope as I live in the city of Paju. Mm. Good stuff. Yeah, amen. Uh, Jun Young, is there anything else? We're moving to a close here. Is there anything else that you'd like to share that you haven't had a chance to talk about? Maybe some other time because already <laughs> out. But you know, Pajo is well known not with uh, fishing, but it's well known with bird watching. So mm. if Darren, Jeremy, Graham, and Justin, if you are interested in uh, seeing some good. Uh, birds. Actually, I shared the recording of chickadee chirping. It's almost the same, the same chickadee, the Canadian. It chirps like the Canadian chickadees. But the, diff- the big difference is that the Korean chickadees don't come to our hands to eat from our hands. So mm. we are still searching for any chickadee that could come to our hands. <laughs> nice. my, my children are still missing a lot of uh, beautiful and adorable Canadian chickadees that came to our hands to feed from our hands. Nice. Well, you had us eaten out of your hand today, uh, Jun Young. So uh, thank you so much for sharing part of your journey. And we're going to transition now to uh, what we call our celebration of learners. Mm-hmm.
to be inducted into the esteemed Every Square Centimeter Celebration of Learners Gallery. You need to host our podcast, share a bit of your journey, and have at least one other person write some nice things about you. And we are pumped that our friend Harry Blylevin, Executive Director of the Christian Teacher Academy, has written us to celebrate you, June Young. So, here's the letter. Dear June Young, Anyon Hesio, my friend, June Young, it is a privilege for me to write a letter to celebrate you and to let others know a little bit more about my friend. The first time that I met you was at Hamilton District Christian High. You were with a group of educators from Korea, and they were visiting a number of schools in Ontario. I had the opportunity to share a little bit about project-based learning and HDCH with the group, and you had the job of translating. The only problem was that I never had worked with a translator before, and I kept talking without giving you a chance to catch up and translate little bits. After the first extra-long section... You calmly asked me, Harry, I wonder if you can speak a couple of sentences and then I can translate? Hmm. At this moment, I began to understand my patient friend, Jun Young. Jun Young, you are a special person to me. You are filled with and embody the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Yet you are blessed with so many other gifts, wisdom, knowledge, humor, humility, curiosity, and thoughtfulness. You demonstrate these incredible qualities through many acts of hospitality. You care deeply for others and want to make sure that individuals and groups of people are looked after and have a sense of belonging. Professionally, you are a great educator, pastor, lifelong learner, and change maker. You always want to ensure that people can clearly understand concepts as they are learning, and you deeply hope that people can have a common understanding of ideas and possibilities. Personally, on our trip to South Korea with Justin, you were so thoughtful as you prepared our tour. You selected meaningful sites of your home country to share with us. You helped us to understand the beautiful culture and people You tried to show us how not to embarrass ourselves as we shared food. We might have failed a little at this, probably a lot. And you laughed and shared with so much joy with us. More so for me, you provided my family, Kim and Tai, Tai was born in Korea, a deeper connection to Tai's birth country. You translated documents, provided a tour of his birth city, and help me understand and know the beautiful country my son is from. For this, I can never say Kamsahamnida enough to you. Jun Young, even though we are on other sides of the world, I think of you often, and I look forward to the day when we can see each other again. I pray that God continues to bless you and your family. Be well, my friend. Kamsahamnida, Harry C. Blylevin. <laughs> That's the <clears throat> one of the biggest uh, celebration that I've ever had in my life. So thank you, Harry. <laughs> I sorry, sorry, sorry for my voice. I tears swelling up. So I miss you, Harry. And uh, I from time to time I go into HD website if I miss you, so that I can see your photo, <laughs> up to date photo. But anyway, thank you for your words. I'll keep that in mind. I'll 
get back that when I have some some sort of support. Thank mm-hmm. you. Jun Young, we had Harry on as our first guest, so you could listen to that episode. He was far less nice to us, so <laughs> you must be special. He needs to learn more about companionship pedagogy. Uh, actually, <laughs> he, did, yes. he, he, he certainly gets it with you, Jun Young. That was amazing. So, Jun Young, if anyone wants to connect with you, how can they do that? Oh, they can email me at jumjum at icscanada.edu. Awesome. Thank you. Listeners, we'd love your involvement in our podcast as well. Email us at everysquarecentimeter at gmail.com. Send us your feedback. Tell us about an educator near or far that we should celebrate. Tell us about your own Korean adventures. Before we go today, thank you, Jun Young, for hosting our clutter today. Team, anyone know what group of animals forms a clutter? Darren's leaning in. Yeah, Darren, you ready? I am yeah. leaning in. Um, I have a, a child who loves all things biology, animals, living things, and I am aware. Hopefully, Justin's chosen something local or else I'm really off in the wrong direction. But I am aware that Korea has something called a raccoon dog. And Ooh. I wonder if... Oh, Jun Young's looking maybe... <laughs> I don't think so. Anyway, that's what, that's what I'm going with. Raccoon, raccoon dog. It. That sounds like an awesome animal. If it's not a real thing, uh, is it your son, Darren? Is this? Yeah. yeah. So he's either playing a great prank on you, or that's really fun. <laughs> that's um, right. I always, I think we go with a lot of alliteration on here. So I'm gonna go with a clutter of cockatoos because there's a lot of bird watching there. I have no idea if cockatoos <laughs> live anywhere near South Korea, but I'm going with a clutter of cockatoos. I thought about crow. As, as that's one of the sayings, mm. but uh, I'll go with cockatoos. Junya, you want to guess what kind of animal forms a clutter? I have totally, I totally lost my mind when when Darren said something. <laughs> it's a raccoon dog. What is raccoon dog? I need to Google that. <laughs> Sorry, that I have no idea. No problem. No problem. Can, I wouldn't have either. Jun Young, can you can you just give us one animal cl- that that lives around you? Because I'm curious. I'm I'm curious uh, uh, of an animal that would be. Li- so we have birds, chickadees. What else? Yeah, chickadees. That's right. Chickadee and nuthatch. Nuthatch. Okay. And um, yeah. Nice. No fish. Well, uh, <laughs> this is a. It's a lynx. Oh man. I was going to go with cougar just because of my handle name for my air pilot, a clutter of cougars. And that would have been close. That would have been close. Jun Young, have you guys seen any lynxes around Peju? No, I've seen one in Toronto, but not in Peju yet. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> well, uh, okay. So lynxes, they're actually quite solitary, but they are in the, the DMZ zone often. Oh. Uh, not so much in the forests, but they do hunt at night. Mm. And so my closing question for you guys for our clutter here is, are you nocturnal? And if so, or regardless, what's one of your favorite nocturnal activities? So I'm not nocturnal. Therefore, my favorite nocturnal activity, sleep. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. Nice. I, I would I would say I'm becoming less – my age is making me less nocturnal. I used to definitely be more nocturnal and – Right now, my favorite activity is 
I live, we, we often complain about my Wi-Fi when we're recording this podcast. And so to combat that, if I want to play an online video game like basketball, I need good Wi-Fi. And so I, I'll play that at night because none of my kids will be, they'll all be in bed. So my favorite nocturnal activity would be playing like NBA 2K, um, trying to play it online, but you know, it's glitchy and yeah. Nice. Junior? Maybe not my favorite, but almost every night I do that activity with my wife, nocturnal, and that is called recycling date. (laughs) 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 My wife always calls me and it's, it's a time for our recycling date. So we bring all the recyclings <laughs> to the recycling site every night. So the, the, the house is cleaned up. So that's my everyday nocturnal activity. Jun Young, I thought we were going to get a lot more spicy for a second there. So <laughs> I, thought so. I, I was relieved when you, you went to recycling date. So hey, that, uh, fits that's really good well stuff. With, that fits really well with clutter. That's true. That's true. Well played. Yeah. Decluttering. He's decluttering. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Well, for me, I, I, this doesn't happen often, but every now and then late at night, I have a chance to go biking or I'm, I'm on a bike. And I think one of the most glorious times in deserted cities with kind of a cool summer breeze is biking. And my most recent time of doing this is actually taking a path down the mountain. I know Korea is very mountainous and you guys have your mountains over in Western Canada, but here in Hamilton, we've got a mountain too. And I had an awesome time biking down it. Uh, late at night one time so escarpment thanks for that i think june young's recycling date wins the prize jeremy do you have a blessing for us all right i have the privilege of doing the blessing um so i i took this from douglas mcclavy's liturgy for students and scholars and i highly recommend uh listeners to go and look that up because it is rich it's a rich resource and i'm just taking the last paragraph and kind of rewriting it. So um, I highly recommend people go check it out. Um, you could have a whole year's worth of kind of devotions diving into to that liturgy. So Darren, Junyoung, Justin, may you be in this school, even in small ways, a bearer of love and light and reconciliation, which is to say, may you in humility be God's child. May God grant you discernment and wisdom. May God guard you from error. May God grant you knowledge and understanding. May God lead you to truth. May God bless the labors of this new season. And may God shape you for his service. Amen. 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 Stay encouraged, educators. We want to thank Christian Schools Canada for sponsoring the podcast. Please know that the views and opinions expressed on this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of CSC, the schools of our guest, or any of our three regional organizations. Thanks for listening.